So is beauty, such as in art or in general, objective or subjective? Let's try to talk through this question and see what we can clarify, what we can see with our intellectual vision as opposed to merely mixing up sentences or words. Uh, so here uh, we have to take a look at the terms. Uh, we, we don't have to necessarily stick with art. We can just say beauty in general. We can say, what do we mean when we use the term beautiful? For example, when we use the term hungry, we mean a feeling that we tend to get after we haven't eaten for some time. When we use the term hot or cold, also it refers to certain states of the body uh, uh, that, that we uh, pick up on. What does it mean when we use the term beautiful? Um, so, excuse me, first off, the obvious thing to say is that we can use the term in any which way we want and we can further use it to describe something else other than what somebody else means by that same term. For example, we might say, that's beautiful, as in, that's a great uh, solution to the to for uh, right that we we want an idea for how to uh, uh, get uh, for how to do something at work. Somebody gives us an idea. Ah, that's beautiful. We can say it like that. We can say you're beautiful, as in I find you um, uh, I, I find you valuable. I find you worthwhile in your own self, and, and consequently, you're beautiful. We can say uh, uh, this is beautiful. Uh, but right, but right. Then, then we have a sense that we're trying to get at that something is a beautiful in a different way than any of that that is legitimately beautiful. For example, a landscape, or a person's face, or uh, again, a piece of art, uh, a sculpture. What do we mean when we say that? And to what extent is it strictly uh, in relation to our preferences as opposed to something other than that? So. Once again, we have to, to look past the terms and try to clarify the sorts of concepts, the sorts of relations that we have, the concepts into experiences uh, and try to kind of form rules for them uh, as opposed to saying this is what beauty is or that is not what beauty is, right? So forgetting about the words, we can, form, we can clarify a, a, a grouping of experience. For example, uh, for, for us... Uh, for each person, hunger might be different, but we can kind of clarify what it means for us to be hungry based on uh, our, our usual uh, eating habits and our usual exposure to food. For example, somebody that has only enough money to eat once a day, maybe after six, seven hours, eight hours, wouldn't call that hungry. It's it's just a, a mild feeling of, of discomfort, if anything. Somebody that's used to eating every uh, seven minutes, every 40 minutes, uh, might after an hour or two, that might be starvation. But we can clarify these things. And as opposed to saying the word hungry has to refer to two hours or or 10 hours or 10 minutes. We can say, for me, the word hunger refers to the feeling that I tend to get after two hours or after two minutes or whatever the case may be. So well, we're clarifying the experience is the reality. Excuse me, that words indicate, as opposed to claiming that words have to be used in a certain way or have to indicate one thing or another. So again, we would say that um, here, it would appear that we need a, an objective. We need an ideal. Not the most uh, creative insight, but it would appear to be true. We need an ideal in relation to which to evaluate something that we are evaluating. Because without that ideal, what are we even saying? So, for example, if we are, uh, we're looking for, um, uh, what you might call it? We're, we're looking for um, a sculpture and somebody shows us a painting and we're thinking, is this a good sculpture? And the answer is simply no. So we're not going to say this is beautiful relative to the ideal of being a sculpture because it's not even a sculpture at all. all right? <laughs> it's a painting or vice versa. 
um, if that's a good example. So it seems that we need uh, an ideal, uh, or uh, also we need to be familiar with what is possible to do in as it concerns a given range of of, uh, uh, of things. For example, an ice skating performance. What does it mean to call it beautiful? If we've never seen a single ice skating performance, how do we know what would be considered to be good or not? Uh, we might surmise that falling isn't uh, the, the something that is is uh, uh, in kind of uh, in coherence with the person's objective. The person doesn't want to fall, so we would immediately say, "Oh, that must must be a mistake." Even though a priori it's not certain either. That might be a certain art form where a person falls and things like that. If we didn't know any better, if we've never fallen ourselves. But it's, even aside from that, we don't really know what are we looking for. So here we would have to uh, set a, consider an ideal, an objective, and then consider to what extent does a given ice skating performance uh, conform to that objective. So we can study, for example, the best ice skating performances of all time, or is that begging the question or, or making a circle? Because what's a good ice skating performance? One that's ones that. Cl- one that is closest to the best ice skating performance. So we would say here maybe we can pull away for a second from experience and from past performances and ask what is the objective? What are the concepts here? What's the range of what's possible? So here there's there's ice, there's skates, which enable a person to conquer the friction a little bit easier, apparently on the ice or however it works. And further... Uh, there's music, there's a dance routine, and uh, the, we can evaluate perhaps objectively what it means for a person to be in step with music, uh, uh, in step with the rhythm, and that might be something that's susceptible to the kind of more so mathematical, formal um, calculation, maybe not, but maybe. Uh, and further, um, we can uh, consider the, the limits of the human body. Uh, it's possible for a knee, for example, a healthy knee to bend very low. So if there's none of that going on at all, that's a that's a limitation. That's something that's not occurring that could occur. We can consider how fast it's possible for a person to uh, spin around on the ice. So if it's much slower than that, then it is not uh, what's possible, right? So again, we're just, it's icy. That's not really how it's done, but we're saying to get out of that circle of, of uh a good ice skating performance is the is like to the closer to the best ice skating performance. What what is the best ice skating performance? We would say that best the best ice skating performance is with the the maximum of what is possible under uh, the constraints of the human body and the um, the the form of the. Uh, of the performance of the sport, which is ice, right? The person cannot fly, so that cannot be a, a part of, of, of the best ice skating performance, or at least fly like Superman, right? maybe fly in the air. A person cannot, um, uh, on the ice, uh, dunk a basketball, so that wouldn't be considered part of, uh, or that's not part of the ice skating, it's possible. Uh, that wouldn't be considered part of uh, the, um, the the ideal. So what is possible? If, if we could take... A person with uh, the, the the strength of Superman or Superwoman or, or Wonder Woman, and we could train the person for uh, two hundred years in a row, and uh, and the skates were the very best possible skates and the very best possible ice, and the person tried really really hard to uh, to, to do a performance uh, and try to make it line up to a certain beat to a certain song. What would that look like? And now we can evaluate. So somebody comes into the ice, they can't even skate. They right away fall. That's not moving towards that direction. That's moving towards a different direction of incompetence, of something very far away from that ideal. Somebody comes in and, and does a decent job, but is 
excuse me, is kind of offbeat, is um, not spinning too fast, is the, the knees are not bending too much, if at all, and, and it's kind of slow. So we're saying that's that's not too close, or it's not as close as somebody else relative to that theoretical ideal. So here we're talking about the word beauty, or, or the concept we want we might wish to designate by that term. So we could say that that ideal ice skating performance, uh, if if it's not beautiful, then what is? Right, relative to the objective of excellent ice skating. Now, as it concerns ice skating, we might evaluate the whole activity under a different lens. As, for example, this is my kid ice skating, right? And then uh, it, we're we're not thinking about that ideal. We're thinking about the fact that this is my kid who tried really hard. And consequently, we're going to view it as beautiful anyhow. But that's because we have a different objective in relation to which we are evaluating the activity. If we are evaluating the activity relative to what's possible under these constraints, the human body, ice, ice skating, a song, matching up the... Uh, the the rhythm the, the the skating and all of that then we don't see a way to get out of saying that uh, the the best possible performance aka the one that is um uh, what's the word um comes closest to to what is conceivably possible for the human body in this situation how are we going to say that that's not beautiful if anything is beautiful that's what would be beautiful because it's getting it's as close as possible to the objective herein again we can discard the objective we may consider a different objective but if we do hold that objective we would say that is uh, is what we would call beautiful as far as the, the present reasoning seems to indicate. So now transferring it to other things, maybe you could think a little bit about art. So how do we say is, is artwork beautiful or not? So here again, we see the huge range of freedom and possibility that we have uh, based on our preferences and as it concerns choosing an objective. So if we have an, an objective to express our emotions then maybe whatever it is that we uh paint or, or whatever let's uh, let's stick with painting why not whatever it is that we paint maybe some finger paint uh, right in a, in the adult finger painting class whatever it is that we paint we feel good about it because it fulfilled our objective this expresses my emotions i felt really angry and enraged i took some red paint and i went all over and i felt really calm and, and nice i took some nice blue paint and i made a smiley face so it expresses my emotions so i'd call it beautiful because again that's my ideal and i'm viewing it in light of that ideal it meant the ideal but here we would say that there is a concept that a person is able to uh, um uh, create an image of his or her ideas and, and emotions and inner kind of states of being and have that image be comprehended and found appealing and aesthetic by people other than oneself. Right? Now, how would that be done? How, how would this transference of, uh, of uh, uh, ideas occur here? One way is to uh, um, kind of already... Uh, give a, a framework for other people as to how to interpret what it is that they're saying. So, for example, it might be that finger paint. And then we go show it to our significant other, to our kids, and say, listen, I was so uh, emotionally emotional this evening in my finger painting class, and I really expressed myself well. Don't you think it's beautiful? Yes. Why not? Because you, you already gave the ideal, which is the expression of, uh, of the emotions. There's no other ideal, uh, and it is beautiful. And besides, it would be stupid to say anything else, especially if it's our spouse, right? So... That's one thing, right? Or, for example, a person can do something similar and just splatter some paint on a canvas and put it in a museum 
and then say, first of all, get a, a good name, right? A good reputation as, as uh, a such and such artist. And then, however, that would be done, uh, aside from first having quality work. Uh, again, that circle there, but whatever. Uh, so do that and, and, and then have a little description and say, this is symbolizing the, uh, maybe it's a square. This is symbolizing the, uh, the rigidity, however you pronounce it, that. Uh, the the stiffness of modern day society and the uh, the inflexibility of the uh, you know uh, of the of the economic roles of today. So now uh, we have the the name of a fancy artist that has a following. We have the description and we have a sign for that a picture an image of this these thoughts. Uh, uh, or these purported thoughts and, and and these purported emotions. So now, if a person go uh, goes to the art museum and and has already the frame of mind, I'm going to enjoy myself, to enjoy art, to get get a cultural experience, to have fun, right? To see real art. Further, I'm going to pay a, a ticket, per, presumably, unless it's free or somebody pays for me. So I'm here to see art, and consequently, I'm already primed. I'm already tuned to see art. So now I see the square or circle, not to pick out a square, whatever the case may be. I see the square. I see the the fancy name or the the artist with his reputation or the, his name. I see the description, and now again, I fancy myself a cultured person, a classy person. I don't want to be thought of as unappreciative and insensitive to the aesthetic uh, uh, aspects of, of life. So consequently, I'm going to say, hmm, that, well, that's that's something, you know? How much is that? Maybe I, I can buy it. Two million, three million, if I can afford it, because I'm already viewing it through uh, that, that lens. But we would say that it, it, perhaps it is possible to convey uh, ideas and emotions in an aesthetic form where there's no such priming. Is that possible? So we explore. So we would say that uh, one way to do that is to, excuse me, very accurately represent what it is one is trying to represent. For example, if somebody is trying to paint uh, uh, um, a person, right? trying to paint a person, and the painting comes out looking exactly like the person, whether or not we like it, maybe the person doesn't think he or she looks good and doesn't want to like it or doesn't like it. Somebody else says, you know, this is, is too, uh, it's, it's not uh, uh, artistic enough. But the fact is, if, if one thing looks like another thing, we can grant that it does look like the other thing. For example, we take a photograph of, uh, uh, of, a, of a cube of a very plain, simple cube, and we look at the cube, we look at the photograph, we say, that's a photograph of the cube. I may not like it, it may not be aesthetic to me, I may not at all uh, enjoy it, but I have to grant this is the, the photograph of, 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 what, uh, of the object of the cube. So here, it would seem to be the same thing. We can at least grant that uh, pictures, uh, uh, paintings here, and we're talking about um, that uh, paintings represent that which they aim to represent. So we see these great masters from uh, a couple hundred years ago, and they wanted to paint say, the Mona Lisa, and it looks like a person, and it looks like it, the, it expresses the emotions of the person, and it's a coherent image of an idea, of concepts, of emotions. Here is a, a person, a human being, uh, a, 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 with a certain expression on his or her face, 
maybe thinking this and that, right? So it's an image of that. It's not actually that because it's two-dimensional for one thing, right? We, if we think it's a, a real person, uh, we reach out, it, it's just canvas, but it's a representation of it, like a photograph. So we would have to grant that at least it's quality, at least if something looks precisely as does something else, at least it's quality. Now, we would say, um, and obviously there's so many nuances here, we can't hope to cover even a fraction of it, but just to get, cast some some seeds out of thought. So um, I would say uh, an additional uh, thing here is somebody could say, yeah, but I, I don't like it. I don't find it beautiful. I grant that it, it conforms to an ideal, but I don't find it beautiful. So we would say that could be, uh, uh, here we can perhaps make that divide between the objective and the subjective. By objective, not meaning anything other than a question of our experience, but meaning uh, uh, the, the, excuse me, the potential, the possibility of saying something uh, uh, concrete that's not contingent on us as to a given image. For example, this does look like a person. There's not a single person that could look at the Mona Lisa and that is not that doesn't have the issues with eyesight or with intoxication or with some sort of very profound. Uh, cognitive disorder that could say that doesn't look like a person at all. That looks like a dog, or that looks that's a tree, right? Uh, what do you see? I see a, a, a house. You see the Mona Lisa? I see a house. No, you don't, unless you have a. Again, there's this, a very uh, acute issue going on, right? So we would say that objectively speaking, if something, if a painting uh, represents that which it aims to represent. In a quality way, it's very clear exactly what it is. And further, it's not just a, a rough approximation, right? We do a sketch, uh, a little stick figure, also a person, right? So why isn't it the height of beauty? So it's, it's a even more um, abstract representation, simply th- th- providing those signs. There, a, a line for the torso, two lines for the arms, two lines for the legs, a circle for the head. That's that, that, that can indicate like a pictograph like a word, it can indicate a person. You see, okay, you meant to, to indicate a person, but it's not a, a, pre- a precise image of a person as is the Mona Lisa or another great painting like that. So uh, uh, we would say that that's a, it can be an objective evaluation that uh, the, the, the art is, is quality, it's beautiful, if we want to use that word here, as it concerns the conformity to uh, the that which was painted, such as the person. Now, the subjective part here can, can be personal preference. I just don't like it. Mine, uh, I just don't feel the vibe from this painting. I'm just not really feeling it. And we would say subjectively, objectively, I grant that it's beautiful. I grant that it's masterful. Subjectively, uh, or objectively, right? Objectively, I grant that. Subjectively, I don't like it. It's just not that. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not to my liking. All right, so that's one meaning of, of the word. Uh, uh, the split here between objective and subjective. What else can we say? We can perhaps say that another uh, aspect of subjective is that um, is that uh, again that it conforms to an ideal that I implicitly have in mind. Meaning, I'm not judging the painting in relation to the ideal that the the painter had in his or her mind, but in relation to an ideal I have in mind. For example, I personally prefer landscapes. So if I see a a, a picture of a person, even beyond just that I I don't like it, it's just not what I'm looking for. So I'm not going to really say, oh, that's beautiful. Because it seems difficult to really say something is beautiful without any kind of emotional effect at all, just in a very cold, 
kind of impersonal term, say, yeah, it's beautiful, but I, I have no feeling at all about it. But it is possible. We'd say if we take the, a given painting on the terms of the painter and we th- think, what is it that the painter tried to do and that he or she succeed in conveying uh, the, 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 the ideas at hand, the, the emotions in a way that no, uh, uh, that none of the aforementioned kind of uh, um, what you might call it framework is necessary. Meaning, this is the painter, this is the description, this is what it symbolizes. Where it's clear, you see uh, uh, the Mona Lisa. It's a person smiling, right? It's clear. I, even if we didn't know what the Mona Lisa was or who the artist was, it just from from looking at it, we see what's what's going on. Then, excuse me, it would again seem that we would have to grant that something is uh, can be objectively beautiful all right so that's as it concerns painting what is it uh, what about as it concerns um well (laughs) question whether we want to say as it concerns people uh but we would say that (laughs) we we could say carefully speaking we could say that as it concerns our evaluation of of the beauty of other people that the first impression uh has to do with um uh, with our also with our ideal and with our preferences and with our notion of what an ideal human face looks like and insofar as there is such an implicit ideal uh, it kind of in our unconsciousness to so say say perfect symmetry and pr- proportions of a certain sort we can grant also that a face is objectively beautiful even if it's a uh, a computer generated face or a painted face that, that that doesn't correspond to any actual faces we can grant that relative to, to the ideal of, of, of what is uh, possible for a, a human face to be like, of what it's possible for it to be like, uh, that a, a face is beautiful. Uh, and yet, of course, we, uh, within m- moments of interacting with a person, the face begins to stand for our notion of the person. Uh, and, and consequently, as it's as well said, no need even to repeat it, uh, and beauty is skin deep. And very quickly, we begin to see the, the person uh, behind uh, the so say the face and if we say that a person is not beautiful on the inside which we can maybe touch upon a little bit uh, then the the face is just like lipstick on a pig it, we, we grant that it's a uh, uh, technically speaking the proportions are are correct uh, but uh, they they don't stand for anything worthwhile and they can be very easily seen to be even even the opposite even ugly unfortunately on the contrary we see somebody that the, the proportions are not ideal but the, the person shows uh, uh, personality and, and character and content uh, of uh, mind and whatnot that is uh, that, that we deem to be of substance and we can see whatever kind of a face that we see as a sign for that beautiful idea of the person. And consequently, overall, we may well interpret the person as beautiful. Having said that, we don't want to be um, kind of naive and say that it's possible to overcome any and every uh, uh, kind of uh, limitation uh, one way or the other, any and every extreme, meaning a person that, let's say, is a, is a, a first-rate supermodel and consequently is seen to be beautiful by, by millions of people, even if we see that the personality is not necessarily pristine, we can still, we may not be able to get past the impression of, of physical beauty by the way of that person. Conversely, if a person has not gotten the the best deck of cards as it concerns facial symmetry uh, and and all of that. Also, no matter how nice the person is, we may not rise to the appreciation 
uh, of a person's physical beauty. But generally speaking, where there's not such extremes, uh, uh, we interpret the, the person uh, in light of our feelings towards them, our attitude, our uh, understanding of who they are uh, and such. But what about as it concerns, right, briefly, maybe uh, the beauty of, uh, of a person here, we would also have to insist that uh, we have to evaluate in light of a postulated Ideal. If there's no objective at all, uh, or maybe the same reasoning approximately might apply here as would apply to, to the other things we discussed. If we have no objective other than our emotions, then whoever makes us feel good, uh, we can view as beautiful, right? So, for example, we see uh, uh, serial killers locked up uh, and after doing horrible, gruesome things. And, and crazily enough, it would seem that quite frequently they receive many letters from groupies, from fans uh, that uh, are, are, are a big fan of them and want to marry them and things like that. Maybe some for, for uh, some kind of purely superficial reason like fame or money, but others maybe because they really do find them appealing. So we would say if we give up all standards and that flies, then the, 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 the person is beautiful to the, the person that finds him or her uh, beautiful, no matter what the person did. But we would say this is out of weakness. This is not a person that is him or herself uh, striving towards the highest ideals of, uh, of human potential and then sees that in the serial killer, this is somebody that is whoever he or she is and then uh, finds that th this person makes them feel a certain type of way for, for whatever reason. So we have these, these crazy, deep, unconscious, numerably, ridiculously complicated webs of, of feeling and emotion and connections and who knows what. So who knows what, what trips our wire and, and what kind of uh, makes us, uh, uh, draws out appeal from us uh, or gives us the thing. But anyhow, we would say that um, if we do grant that uh, there is a, a, a possibilities of potential realized by the way of the human species we see for example we have a mind if we don't at all use the mind we can't say objectively speaking that we have used them that we, that we've realized our human potential we can't no more than we can say that uh, a person that um you know, takes a picture of a, of, a, of a sphere and then compares it to a cube, took a picture of the same thing. Oh, it's the same thing. It's subjective. No, it's not the same thing. It's the fact of the matter. So we can't claim, again, if we don't use our mind, that, that we're living up to our potential. Being that it is possible also for us to escape our selfishness and, and to move in, in a direction of, uh, of kind of an expansion of our sense of self, we wouldn't say that it's potential realized to be totally contracted into ourself, into our animal self, into our impulses, into our inclinations, into our psychology. So basically, we can see objectively what, what is potential realized and what's not. And then we can take that all the way and we can uh, c consider that to be an ideal uh, of, uh, of, of our species. And then we can evaluate uh, uh, or a, a given person probably should be ourself first and foremost if not always or just about always uh, and see as to where the person is from that ideal again is it subjective or objective so let's say that uh, we a person has feet or legs right so the fact is that excuse me the legs um, are not you know they're not just strings hanging off generally speaking, again, putting aside various issues. There's quads, there's hamstrings, there's knees with the ACL and the MCL and the calves and the feet. So we see that there's some use for uh, what we call the legs. And this use appears to be to, to, uh, to, to move us from place to place, whether it's by walking or by jogging 
or by running. So consequently, if the legs are not being used for this, it is a fact that they are not being used for the purpose that in somebody else they are used for that purpose or in, our, in us at a different time. For example, if we're sitting, it's an, we would call it objective that we are not using our legs for that which they can be used for, right? Or unless we want to call our glutes part of our legs and we're sitting, we get the point, right? We're laying down, something like this. So the same thing. We can say subjectively, we can have feelings of any sort towards anyone. We can detest the highest person and love the lowest person or any other combination. But objectively speaking, if a homo sapien being such as herself is uh, it realizing that it realizes their potential they they do realize their potential and that is the ideal because that's just like with the ice skating just like with the art that is exactly that's what it is and, and consequently we would say that the evaluation of beauty as it concerns herself has something to do with that ideal as opposed to something that is purely of our uh, liking and custom tailored to our particular weaknesses and inadequacies meaning for example i have um I can't control my impulses. I do whatever I want, whenever I want, but it's beautiful. Why? Well, just because I like it. I don't want to face up to this. Well, we'd say whatever we want, but we would say that's a, a, a very specific use of the term beauty that is not what, <laughs> the only use uh, of that term. Uh, conversely, if we say, you know, I, I, uh, for a long time I had uh, a struggle with controlling my anger, but I conquered it. I understood something different about reality, about people. Now I never get angry. That we would say it's beautiful because it's moving us a step toward that ideal of, of potential realized by the way of, of human beings. So that's the idea. Uh, beauty is, is a great thing, uh, but we would say that it is our interpretation of objective or Beauty is a word, but uh, one aspect of uh, uh, reality that we seem to have vaguely uh, alluded to herein is that um, beauty is our subjective interpretation of an objective evaluation as to the uh, degree of, of potential realized by the way of some or another, uh, something, something, something or something else, however we would say it. Whether it's a painting, whether it's an ice skating performance, whether it's a photograph, whether it's a person physically or a person inside, quote-unquote, uh, we would say we objectively evaluate as to the quality of something. And then our, our relationship to that objective fact may, maybe determines whether or not we consider it beautiful. All right? that, that seems to, to be a, an interpretation we can give here. Uh, with that said, obviously, it's a, aesthetics is a huge topic. And, and we again, we surely didn't even brush the surface. But we can think about these things if we want. Thank you for listening.